Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, the hour has started, welcome to the mouth of manliness, don't stop Brad, don't stop, Brad's having a little play for a change, and as you can hear, he plays really nice, hope you can hear it. I'll turn it up, I'll turn it up, I don't want to wake everyone up. Well, uh, we're in uh, Nick's cave at the moment. Um, Nick's cave is situated in Nick's garage. Uh, I talk to talk in in the third person, which is kind of embarrassing. Uh, there's an episode of Seinfeld, right? Uh, I don't know if you watch Seinfeld, but um, but like in the early days of me and my wife being together, we watched Seinfeld like all of them all the way through, and uh, I love Seinfeld, and it's kind of Seinfeld is the um, it's almost like the blueprint for a lot of really good American comedy that you see now. Yeah, definitely. And there's uh, there's one episode when, uh, uh, oh, what's her fucking name? Um, is it Lorraine? Like the the woman in it goes out of a guy, and he constantly refers to himself in the third person. Oh, amazing! It's like, yeah, Gary doesn't like that. <laughs> yeah, Gary doesn't do that. And it, it always makes me laugh. Uh, there are people out there that do it. They just refer to themselves in the third person. Yeah. It's funny. Again, I, uh, it always comes across as massively arrogant. Yeah, I'm, but I'm kind of in admiration of the confidence of doing it. To be able to have the forethought to place yourself in a situation before you're even in the situation to yeah. start talking <laughs> yeah. about the thing. It's amazing. Confidence is... It's confidence is... Uh, the habitual voyeur of what is known as. Yeah. It's quite funny sometimes seeing people who are... Like, often you find the most confident people, like, they often seem like they're the people who deserve confidence least. Yeah. You know, like, when you meet someone who seems like a real oddball, but they're massively confident. Yeah. And you're like, 
but they've just got the balls to carry it off. And yeah. You can't help but think, fucking hell, man, I love that fella. Yeah, I'll definitely. Like, you think, oh, I would like to be that confident. But then again, it's balance, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe I'm just like too far one way and not the other way. But anyway, welcome to the Mouth of Manliness. Yeah, welcome to the Mouth oh, of Manliness. Oh, Nick, happy birthday. Episode 10. Episode 10? Yeah, happy per- pod birthday pod 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 sitting crikey yeah episode yeah. 10 check us out 10 episodes no yeah. one's taken us off the air yet we're still i know still we're still going. up and running still and a lot alive. of listeners as well yes like we thought like i said to my mate the other day i was talking about a podcast um my mate uh who's he, he did photos he did the cover of um uh, Bittersweet Symphony, which is probably one of the best songs of all time. Wow, amazing. And he did the cover of it. And granted, he don't think it's that special now, but I still think it's special. Yeah, it is really special. And uh, it was working for Brian Cannon, but he did he did do the photos. And then I was saying, he was going, how's oh, podcast going? And, uh, and I said, how many listens we have? And then he was like, fuck, I thought you'd only have 50. And I was yeah. like, yeah, a bit more than that, mate. Yeah. A bit more than that. He's like, how'd you do it? I'm like, he was like, did you pay an advertising company? Like, nah. Nah. No, we just, we've just, we've just been Gone honest. Gorilla, yeah, we're doing it like. Yeah, gorilla style. Hard work. Yeah. Yeah, we've just been honest and then people kind of dig honesty, thank God. What's quite nice is like, I'm not going to say any numbers. I don't think we should say any no, numbers No, I don't yet. think we should either. But the numbers are really good. And but I, I obviously I want them to be better, um, and I know that's not what we're doing, and that's not what we're about. But there's a little bit of me that would like to hit like certain targets, certain numbers. But what's quite nice is we've got the number that we've got. But what I've noticed more in the last two days is we're getting more and more messages of oh I've just caught up, I've just listened, and what's starting to happen is it's kind of the snowball of feedback is coming back. Yeah. And it's like, fucking hell, like we've got this amount of listens, but it's almost seems like people have kind of listened and maybe not had a chance to kind of give any feedback or whatever. But I feel like people are actually starting to Catch listen to it, to it if and it makes sense. And like more. see it as a, yeah, it's like a thing. And it's like, it's quite exciting. What you say is exactly what I, what I feel mm. is that I, more than anything with this, more than anything, and I look directly into the camera, I'm looking at you, Boston, more than anything, I want people to interact with us. Like, I'm really, like, I don't... As much as it's wonderful that me and, it's about me and Brad, it's always going to be a bit about me and Brad. Um, More than anything, I want... And I think I said it to Brad when we started was that the dream was was that people would get in touch and we could talk about what other people think and feel. Oh yeah, definitely. And then we can respond to it, um, and we can kind of give a take on things and hopefully help people. And I, I like for me the that kind of idea of community mm. is. Well, like we were talking about in the last episode about wanting, um, you know, I was just getting over fixated on numbers and thinking, oh, you know, oh, well, numbers, 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 numbers. And actually, 
the numbers are they're nice and good, but the important bit is what people feel. Yeah. And um, so, you know, if you're listening or you're watching, right, get in touch with us. Definitely. Tell us what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us uh, your struggles, your stories, your stories. Because basically all Brad and I are doing, telling you the story of our lives. Yeah. Yeah, not very well, to be honest. No, I'm terrible at remembering yeah. like uh, well, dates, no. you're, facts, you're, people's names. You're not good with dates and timelines, no. but you are good at like recall. Yeah, to a degree. I suppose I can recall my sort of bit of it, but I can't remember when it happened. My short-term memory, which funnily enough, I forgot the term for short-term That's memory. That's not short-term memory, today. Is it? Your short-term memory. <laughs> you forgot. Yeah, what I forgot what, so, genuinely, I was talking to Kate in the kitchen and I was like, oh, it's, you know, my uh, my thing. Right? And I couldn't remember the term for short-term memory. Um, yeah, it's a little bit wonky, to be honest. And then I can remember like, early days of like first ever holidays as like a three month old or whatever in some weird sort of paradoxical universe collective conscience sort of way but then I do worry that it might have been because I've seen photos around my nans of me on holiday in Cornwall and that's yeah no that kind of but all those things kind of pull your time learning yeah I, I was thinking like today I cannot remember I was trying to tell someone like my dad had recently had my dad's recently had cancer, which was a proper kick in the ball bags after yeah. my wife having cancer, my wife's mum having cancer, um, and then her dad dying, and it was like, and then my then my dad tells me he's got cancer. It's like, oh, fucking oh, hell. Are you sure it's not, like, catching in the air or something? I might go. No, but they say, like, three people in five or something get it. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. Like, it's almost like every other person has it. Yeah. So you might as well, like, like strap in and just accept it's going to happen. Yeah. And most, you know, a large percentage of people survive it. Yeah. And mate Chris has, you know, he's had uh, esophagus cancer. But I can never remember uh, what cancer my dad had. And I was trying, I was talking to my mate Mark at work and he's a, he's a blind eye he's, he, and he's full of insight and uh, he's always always got something interesting to talk about, and like we're in a similar level, similar level, so we get on well. And uh, and I was trying to explain to him what cancer my dad had, and I'm like, yeah, pancreas cancer. And he was saying what it was, and he said, oh, one of someone of his family had, had it, so you know everyone fucking gets it. Mm. And I'm like, no, it's not pancreas cancer. And for the life of me, I can never remember what it was. What's the one? When they stick a finger up your ass to test if you've got it. Um, the uh, I just, I prostate. Just, prostate. Yeah. See, that's, you say about short-term memory. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was only talking about that on Tuesday. Yeah. And what is it, Thursday now? I that's funny. Remember. That's something that I feel like I should go and have done um, because I hear people say, go and get it done. But it's just you just don't get around to doing it. I, I have a high risk, apparently. Uh, they do a blood test. Uh, my... Yeah, my dad just had it. He's he's uh, had radiotherapy, and he he beat it. Like respect to you, dad. Mm. Um, but because he had radiotherapy and it's right next to your bowel, it's really fucked his guts up. All oh, right, okay. But then it turns out that um, my his dad had it. Yeah, he didn't die of it, but. Kind of, you know, it it probably contributed. Yeah. Then 
his brother, my uncle, had it and died of it. And then my dad was like, yeah, so, you know, you know, <laughs> you need, when you go, when you have another blood test, tell the doctors like, to check for it because yeah. you'll probably get it, mate. Oh, you know, he didn't say that. And it was just like, my brain's just like, yeah, you fucking deserve that. Oh, no. You fucking deserve it. Jeez. And it was just like, ah, oh, like I haven't been through enough fucking cancer over the last five years. Yeah. Like, have cancer has properly ruled my life. Yeah. Like, I've not had it, no. admittedly. Like, you know, I'm, I've been the lucky one, mm. but it has ruled my fucking life for five years. That's a cunt. It's like, it? oh, you fucking cunt. Mm. No way. Um, but that wasn't kind of what I was. Where do we get onto that? Oh, we were talking about nice things. Yeah, if you're listening, <laughs> if you're on, listening, yeah. we've just gone on the right rabbit hole there. Now we're going from know, like listeners know, to I cancer. Know. And I'm always like, I kind of want to save cancer for a dark day. Yeah, because uh, like we talk about the time when my wife had it, and it was fucking horrendous. But yeah. um, I kind of like almost want to save it. Yeah, I want to save it. Yeah, totally because. It will be a solid hour. Oh, definitely. And I, I kind of want to save it. I don't want to get into it. Yeah. Plus, if I get into it, it'll probably fucking bring me down. Yeah. So I'd, I'd just rather avoid it for the time being. Yeah. But I'm not saying that we won't ever cover it because we totally will. Oh, yeah, definitely. And like, it'll be unavoidable. Yeah. Um, but so really, I want people to get in touch with us. I've been saying it on the socials lately, like get in touch with us. And we have had people get in touch with us, but yes, I do have. like, not enough for me. I want loads of it. Yeah, I want man. loads of people telling their stories because it's all about, like, life is all about stories. Yeah. And uh, reading that Darren Brown happiness book, he talks about the way stories um, stories mould us. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. So what he says is that um, we tell ourselves a story about something. Uh, so we've experienced something in our life that might be difficult. We tell ourselves a story about that. Um, uh, and that is the way that we cope with it. So you've had a, you know, I'll tell myself a story about my wife's cancer. Uh, and that is how I manage it. So it, I, you know, like we talked about before, you put something in a box and then you throw it away. Yep. Um, so we box it and we make it into a story and that's how we manage it. And like we all do it. That's how, like Our brains do that. That's mm. natural. Um, however, what Darren Brown was saying, and I think he's right, was that actually uh, those stories nine times out of ten are wrong. I suppose because they ebb and flow with the mood you're in and who you're telling the story to. Well, and... no, not even that. Those stories, uh, they basically... Um, they're only told from your point of view. Oh, of course. So you tell yourself a story, like, and if you're a depressive bastard like me, your story basically, uh, you know, comes to well, you're a piece of shit, right? And he's saying that that's probably wrong. Yeah, well, it is wrong because you aren't one. But then I realised that that's true, man. That's totally true. Like, we tell ourselves, like, you know, you have an experience, you tell yourself a story to make sense of it. Um, invariably, you either blame someone else or you blame yourself. Yeah. And it's easy to, and if you blame someone else, 
then you absolve yourself of any guilt and the anger is a nice little feeling and an energy that gets you through. Yeah. Or you blame yourself and if you're that way inclined like I am, it's like, actually, um, it kind of feels, as bad as it is, it kind of feels yeah, nice. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I've always worried like friendships and stuff like that over the years when I think, oh, like, you know, I'm not in that friendship circle because I, like, I've said this or I've said that. I will actively move myself away from that friendship circle because of instances that have happened. Whereas, really, if I fronted because it, because you've told yourself a story, yeah. But if I fronted it and brought it up, not in anger, which I probably would have done in the past as well, and only had the confidence to do it whilst I had whilst I'd had a drink, and then it's all kind yeah. of discombobulated anyway. If I'd have fronted it there and then, they would have gone, oh, shut up, you idiot, come on, let's yeah, go up yeah, and yeah, yeah. on. And then, you know, it would have... And I remember being told stuff by people and I used to think, oh, that's a bit sort of strong. Right, I won't hang around you anymore then. And I'll, I'll, you obviously don't like me, so I'll kind of move on. I haven't really, A, given my side of that argument and B, given them a chance to, given a, a chance to kind of rectify it and kind of get it sorted out. It's like your mate going, oh, yeah, your girlfriend's a slapper. Yeah. So. Is she? Well, so-and-so says she was. Yeah. And it's like, well, is, does that make it true? Probably not. No. Because it's like lots of different people's kind yeah. of perception of it. And it's not true. No. So basically what he was saying is the story you tell yourself is probably incorrect. Mm. Because uh, the story you'll tell yourself is based on Loads and loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of stories that you've told yourself all through your life. Yeah, see, I fall so to it's bits. it's probably incorrect. I fall to bits when I hear that because my whole, everything is all, all those little stories. And some of them I lie about. I lie to myself about. I lie to other people about. Or I fill in gaps because I can't remember. So they're relatively true. And there's elements of them are true. And then there's bits that I've kind of joined up because I thought that's what I wanted the person that I previously spoke about it to wanted to hear. Yeah. And then I bring that little bit along yeah. with the story. And, and it was it probably, just... and you probably got it completely wrong. Totally, yeah. And then you spent a lifetime punishing yourself yeah. about it. Yeah. That's the thing. You punish yourself mm. about it. And we carry it around with us all the yeah. time as well. But also that applies to people who aren't like, depressives or miserable like us yeah that applies you know some people are telling themselves stories that oh you know i was saying like they might go well that's their fault yeah and that's it so but they won't take the moment to think well, what part did i have to play in it? no there's always another side. so it works on both angles yeah so actually if you if you approach things as in well who knows yeah you know, and you go, well, I might have had some parts playing that mm. and I can learn from that. Mm. Um, but I can't take responsibility for everything else. No. So it's not about saying, like, oh, it's not my fault. No. But actually, we all, in every story, yeah, you are a player in the story. Mm. So you need to have the responsibility to check yourself on it. Yeah. Chickity check yourself. Before you wreck yourself. But one thing I've struggled with is like, I don't feel like anyone has ever really, I mean, people have, but like when I think back, people haven't really said anything bad to me in that regard. It's always been like they've just gone quiet or they've just disappeared or like not answered the phone. So anymore. you've created a story. Yeah, yeah. And you think like everyone's been really nice. 
but in my mind, I've done stuff so it wrong. it must be me. So it must be me. Yeah. Like, why aren't they still around me? Or but that's my not life true, is it? Because... They're just getting on with their lives. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not true. No. Because you can only tell the story from your point of view. Yeah. And your brain, being the cunt that it is, will go, well... That's you fuck that up, yeah, and you can't do that again. I still because find I myself, need to protect you. Yeah, I still find myself thinking I need to rectify it. So I'm going to message people on Facebook and say, "Oh, do you remember that thing? Like that was a bit weird. I don't know what I was thinking now. Like I'm really sorry." Blah blah blah. And I think like they won't even know. They won't even remember. They're probably like married with kids now and just got their own sex. Yeah, probably. Like, oh, well, I, did, I didn't even think about it at the time. Mate. Nah. Yeah. So the stories you tell yourself create a lot of pain. Mm. And this was, this was, um, so this was what I really learned from that Darren Brown book. When I had my meltdown, I read that Darren Brown book and it really was, and he talks about like your kind of internal narrative and that monologue that you tell yourself that actually is probably not true mm. and it's probably not right. And you only tell it from the, from your own perspective. And if you're a miserable bastard, uh, or you hate yourself, then all of those stories will only confirm yeah. why you hate yourself. I've been giving this some thought because we've spoken about it. I've tried to work out what my inner monologue is doing and saying and stuff like that. And I'd, I don't... I think it's negative retrospectively, so it kind of looks back on things and says, oh, you shouldn't have said this or shouldn't have said that. But yeah. I think it's like quite disillusioned almost. Like I think it. I find myself like... It's got an own, its own sense of grandeur and purpose, like almost like it's trying to, like I feel like I deserve to be, you know, this other person, you know, signed rock star. I have got, I have that as well. Yeah. I have that as well. And then, then as, as I've kind of progressed and I've worked on trying to understand myself, I kind of realised that um, that actually, like that's that's just a fake. Yeah, like that's that's not real. But I can prove it to myself. Yeah, with yeah. elements of like, oh, yeah. you think, oh, I've got a podcast now, so that's in that direction. No, no, and I've been doing it, and and that is why, like, I had like a really crappy weekend recently because mm. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm gonna be fucking famous. I'm gonna be, like, yeah. rah, rah, rah. and then it was you who put me straight in the in the nicest possible way you did and it How? was like what did i do well you sent me that like that video oh, just right, yeah, where yeah. it was like that doesn't Vanity. matter yeah all that matters is that you're being honest and real mm. and then i'm looking in and i was looking on the internet about how to have a successful podcast and so often they're just like um just being honest genuine and being yourself yeah no agenda and it was like oh well, that's so right yeah but still my brain goes who's actually listening to this now like who's who's actually sitting there and listening some but very lucky people lots of very lucky people listening to us yeah. being honest about our feelings yeah we really appreciate it you're giving up your time because there's a lot to uh there's a lot to take in isn't there really so so in some so we kind of went into something then and now we're flipping about again it's a rabbit hole but I don't mind doing that. Like my wife was saying, oh, you started talking to Brad about something and it got really interesting and then you went on to something else. And she was like, and that's really frustrating. But then in the same respect, it, it made me think, I wonder 
I want to listen more to hear what is going on. Yeah, maybe what I was saying wasn't very important. But no, then I was saying, saying that, um, well, there's no thought gone into that. No. You're not trying to kind of like drop something and go, oh, we'll come back to it. Because no. we just kind of go with whatever's going on, really. But it's part of the workings out of the process of yeah, the conversation. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just fucking rambling on. I'm just saying the first thing that's kind of coming into my head. And then you add into it. And then you say it back to me and I'm like, oh, fucking hell, yeah. There's you just a start to work it out, yeah. don't you? and then I add a little bit in and then you add a little bit in and then it's... it's but that's why on. like, why talking's so good. Yeah. Because like, you just start, by saying it out loud yeah. to someone else, you start it start you start you making sense of it. The thing it. is, it makes sense because it's our, our most natural, in a, like it's the thing we've probably been doing the longest other than like walking and, you know... Talking. And mating or whatever. But yeah, it should be natural to us yeah. um but it's so distorted by everything around us it's it is crazy yeah it is yeah so what um uh, so in previous podcasts i talked about uh my hypnotherapist peter yes uh, and i often refer to him as my guru because uh well in many ways he's the closest thing i've got to a guru yeah really but he's he's a normal person like like you or i anyway he said he's gonna come on uh, brilliant. yeah so a few people have said like locally like how, how can i oh, i want to have some sessions with peter because it sounds brilliant yeah and no, he is totally that. brilliant mm. um but it's really interesting because uh anyway well he's definitely going to come on and probably very soon and uh he he was the one who taught me about like the you don't have to listen to your brain. Your brain is fighting for you, and that's why it's so negative. Mm. Um, so he's definitely going to come on. But what's really interesting about Peter is that he's just like us. Yeah, like uh, he doesn't pretend to have it all sorted out. No, he doesn't pretend to have. Uh, you know, it's like well, I've got it. He yeah. don't do that. He's like, I still struggle with this. Well, I still struggle with that. Something I learned from, uh, my wife's a trained psychotherapist, and something I learned from her going through her training is that is that um, illusion that the counsellor in the counselling room, when you go counselling or for therapy, um, has all the answers, knows the right way to do everything in life, and can sort your life out. Whereas that's like, couldn't be further from the truth no, no. And what's beautiful is in the training they're actually taught to say less yeah and for you to um give all the answers yeah and sometimes when i explain that to people they're like oh that sounds like a waste of money but it so isn't it's like the it it's hard the easy answer would be to walk in there and someone go right stop doing this stop doing that start doing this da, 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 and everything else but the hard way, as we're beginning to learn, is always the better way. It's the right thing to do. And you've got to face up to what you've got to face up to in order to kind of get it all and put it in order in your head. And they're, they're just there to facilitate that. So most therapists, counsellors, anyone like that, all the way through their training, they have to go through intensive counselling themselves. Mm. Uh, and the reality of it is, is that the answer to all your problems are are within you yeah you know that's the truth of it and so all the counselor really does and this is the problem i've spoken to so many people they go to therapy and they're like oh, it's a lot of shit because they basically just want a silver bullet to sort it all out yeah 
And uh, that, that there's no such thing as that. Well, I think culturally we're kind of taught that as well. I don't yeah, think, we're taught, oh, I you take a pill, you're better. Yeah, I don't think the government want us kind of sorting ourselves out too much because all of a sudden we'd be like, you know, fucking hell, how much yeah, tax am I paying? Yeah, well, why are you yeah. taking the piss here? Yeah, why yeah. am I going like to work all this time and everything else? Yeah, I think there's some of that. But essentially, like counselling and any therapy really is reliant on you you trying hard and make and putting the effort in. Yeah. And if you're going to counselling thinking, well, I'll sit back and someone's going to sort me out, that that, that doesn't exist. No. And, um, you know, I'm a massive advocate for therapy. Therapy's been really good for me. And it's been good and bad. But basically, it all comes down to you. And you've got to put the effort in and you've got to be willing to do it. So you don't, like, leave your hour of therapy and go away and do fuck all. No. You have to go away and you have to ruminate on it and think about it. Yeah. And kind of test it out and test out the suggestions. Yeah, changing your daily habits. Yeah. But what I liked about uh, Peter was, you know, like, seeing that he he, he had that element of he wanted to be a rock star. He used to play in bands and, you know, much the same. Yeah. And like, he still has to kind of, you know, kick himself up the arse every morning to switch on. And he's like, and he's still saying, oh, you know, his brain's still a fucking cunt. Yeah. You know, his brain's still saying this and he has to go, no, 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 it's fine. Mm. You know, like, he, he still has to do it. And, uh, you know, there's some days I'm like, I don't want to hear that. But no. yeah, actually, I, I want to hear, like, you're, you're well when I can be well. Yeah, level of kind of normality, whatever But that's just is. not real, is no, it? That's, really it's no, it really is That's not real. No. And actually, I kind of appreciate the honesty, really. Yeah. It's a, it's not real. Like, um, you're not going to... I'm not going to be better tomorrow. You know, I'm always... Uh, I've always got to be working on it. Mm. And that's just the reality of it. It's a constant thing. Yeah. Some people, you know, they can they deal with... They can cope with life a lot better than us. Yeah. Than me. Like we were talking about it. We had, um, on Sunday just gone, we had Stuart Whiffin from um, Hardcore Listing and... Off the Beaten Track. Yeah, he came He came in and th- this will be afterwards. Mm. And uh, he was kind of talking about it. And it was kind of, there was, you know, yes, at some point you have to kind of get up and get on with life. Yeah. But but for some people, and I'll include myself in that, it's just not that straightforward. No. And for me, uh, I've got to get up and get on with life every day. Yeah. You know, it's not just that, oh, just get up and get on with it. It's like, it's always fucking hard. Yeah. And that's just kind of the way it is. Mm. But you kind of have to accept it. Once you accept it a little bit, it's easier to deal with. Yeah, I think there's that level of expectancy from normality and thinking, oh, everyone else gets up, springs out of bed every morning, does 20 push-ups and, you know, skips off to work or whatever, but it's just not the case. No, I don't think it is. And I've found, like, since doing the podcast, is that you find that actually for a lot of people that's not the case. Mm. And, like, just, like, small little contacts I have, I've had with people and they're like uh, you know oh I have PTSD and like you kind of realise that a lot of people struggle you know like probably yeah. like the vast percentage of people oh, definitely. really struggle there's no right away to do anything so everyone's there's something quiet you can either take that as in oh yeah well we're all fucked yeah 
or you can go, well, no, we all have it. So, you know, I'm not going to give in either. No. Thinking that the majority of people that you see, you kind of see the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, and everyone, you don't see sort yeah. of everything else. It's yeah, it's really reassuring almost. It is really. Everyone's going through their personal battle, and um, you're no better or worse in some no, ways. No, not at all. So there is something in that. So on that, uh. So I did have a little thought about what we could talk about. Right, okay. I don't know how far in we are. Uh, We're probably about fucking halfway now. Did you set the timer at the beginning? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, I, I think can, I did. I can see on my big clock. Yeah, I did set the timer. We're halfway. halfway. Oh, don't say that. Can't. Oh, no, I've ruined the illusion. We might be halfway. Yeah. So, uh, well, that was our introduction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now we've got to do an hour. The hour starts now. <laughs> but then, uh, no, so the one thing that I was kind of thinking about was, uh, so like the past weekend when I was having a rough time, I was really just wanted to put fags out on my arms. Mm. And I've done that before. And uh, I, I I don't know, I've never really had that kind of, you know, like when people say they self-harm and it's a real release. And uh, I guess I've always kind of wanted that. What do you get from it then? Uh, I want a release. Right. Is what I want. I want, I want some release. Release of what? I want some time off from my brain. Right. I think. And does it... Um... Does the pain put you in touch with your body more than your brain? Uh, it distracts me. Mm. So I've never been a big self-harmer. But uh, as, I, as I kind of thought about self-harm, like not as in harming myself, but more about just the, the whole idea of self-harm, Yeah, I've realised that I... I self I've been self harming since I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, in in lots of different ways. Well, it can be like overeating, um, yeah, yeah. being detrimental to yourself in conversation to a degree. Self harm doesn't have to be physical. So, like, I'm guessing this is my limited. No, knowledge. no, no, no. And that's totally right. So I realised, like maybe last year, about how hugely self-destructive I am. I'm really self-destructive in loads and loads and loads of ways. I'm pretty much constantly being self-destructive in some way, shape or form. Mm. No matter what, like, you know, I've been self-destructive today. Uh, I think even just by smoking, like, in a conscious way, you're being self-destructive. Totally. And um, and I almost I relish smoking. Mm. I relish smoking fags. So I'm like, fucking kill me, fucking kill yeah. me. And uh, and I realise that I'm really self destructive, and I have been ever since I was little. Mm. And then, but and then it peaks at points where I'm more self destructive than others. Yeah, of course. So it's peaked at points when I like I'm covered in shit tattoos, and that is. Total self-destructiveness. 
Like, I did go myself a left-handed tattoo. Wow. And my mate John was like, why'd you fucking do that? Yeah. Like, you're right-handed. And I was like, uh. <laughs> and the truth was, I was unhappy. Yeah, wow. Yeah, That's that was incredible. the truth. I was unhappy. Yeah, I was, I know. I knew I was really unhappy. So you were unhappy when it, you were doing it. Um, it was really weird. I just kind of took this. I was like, right, I've got an hour. I need to take the dog out. Like, you know, time was ticking. And I just felt, I took loads and loads of painkillers. And then... I felt the need to do it. And it really it hurt quite a bit as I was doing it, but I was like, oh, that looks fucking shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've started now, so I need to try and make something of it. Yeah. And um, I just kept going. I don't know why. And then once you, once you started, you've got to try and make something of it. Yeah, of course. But it, it was kind of testament to my self-destructive tendencies. Which are constant. I'm fucking constant. Is that a physical reminder because it's on your arm? Do you look at it quite often and think... It's, it's right. It's on. It's there. It's right. Look. What, that one there you did? With your left hand? Yeah, look. Obviously, people there listening can't see it. you can see on the telly. Just describe it. It's... Uh, what it's, is it? A lotus flower? No, I don't know what it is. It's a, It's like a flower. But if you look closely... I wonder if I can get it close. Yeah. Can I focus a bit more? It's a, uh, there you go. It's a proper sack of shit. Look at that. It's all right. I, I would have never have known that it was. There's a bit of me that goes, well, I, you know, like there is that kind of like, oh, I'm fucking manly. Look, I can fucking do it and I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But I know I was being self destructive. Yeah. And I, I just uh, kind of had this massive awareness probably over the last year about how self destructive I am. And how everything comes back to like the fact that you fucking hate yourself. Mm. And um Yeah. I do, do you, it all the time. Do you I'm awful for it. Like I've been like, I haven't been eating. Have you found yourself like feeling those feelings in odd circumstances like like Christmas and everyone's around at Christmas? Do you more find yourself so. more so? In those situations, more so. And do you ever like, when you look back at it, do you think to yourself, oh, that was a bit nuts? Like, do you laugh about it, cry about it? Like, do you reflect on it? Oh, so, uh, yeah, the most I reflect is, oh, that was, oh, shit. i tell you what I do now is that I think oh, I weren't well then. Yeah. I think I oh, fucking know I really wasn't well. But even I to know have when that I'm awareness. not as well. I know when I'm more well, I don't do things like that. Yeah. But I know, like, last weekend, itching to hurt myself wow to somehow yeah and like, I've never really you know like when you, like your emo kids cutting their arms yeah like I've never really done that but then I, when I think back like there's been there was times when I've like put fags out on my arms I've done that loads of times yeah and I, my arms, a part of like all the tattoos covers up the scars. Right, okay. But I haven't got like lines. No. But I've got like, I used to heat up um, like the flat end of nails and put them out of my arms. Wow. Uh, and I used to, um, like when I was, I don't know, 11, 
there's a few times when I used to sharpen up a knife as sharp as it could be and then test how sharp it was by like, slicing my hand open. Wow, that's incredible. At just, age 11. Yeah, just avoiding... See, that's the thing. I look back on it now and it, it wasn't... Like, I'd be with other mates. Yeah. I remember standing around my mate Dean's house and his mum had one of those old-fashioned things on the wall where you could... You swipe your knife down. Oh, like you see them in cartoons, yeah. like in the barber shop. And we, and like, we were all into Rambo, and we'd have like Rambo knives. Yeah. And you'd go there and sharpen it up, sharpen it up. And uh, no one else would cut their hands with it. No. But I've still got scars on my hands from that. Yeah. And it's like, what in the fuck? Like, I did it in circumstances that didn't feel weird. It didn't feel like I was in like I was in a dark place. So did that make it all right then, maybe? Yeah. But yeah, I did it. And I'm like, well, why did I do that? And it's only been like later on that I've been like, oh, I know why I did that. Yeah. Why did you do it? Because I've fucking hated myself. It's funny, like this kind of the theme of self-destruction, I suppose that's why I brought it up. Mm-hmm. Because I've been, I've been ruminating on it quite a bit lately. Yeah. Yeah, I've been ruminating on it a lot. And I, uh, Brad, like the Grand Reaper guy, he put something on uh, on Facebook the other day, and he said, uh, "Oh right, I've got a." It was like a cartoon thing. I've got a good girlfriend. I've got a good therapist. I've got a good life. How can I fuck it up? I see that. Yeah. And I was like, that is fucking me all mm. day long. How can I fuck it up? That's incredible. And it is, it's like, you're not good enough. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. it Have makes you not, me... uh, not ever had those kind of things? But like, uh, drug taking is really yeah, self-destructive. I mean, like, like it, when, it, when it stops being, we were having a laugh recreationally. Yeah, yeah I think... I've never been that. I've always been... I've always wanted to do drugs. I've had a little elements of both. Like it will start as that and then it just won't stop. And then I want to sort of continue and keep going. But yeah, I mean, the uh, food-wise is a big thing. I find myself wanting to just keep filling myself up, filling myself up constantly. Um, I think that might be a level of control though, like with money problems and stuff like that. When I have got like a budget for money, I I think I'll find myself going, right, I'm going to, you know, treat myself and spend as much as I can on it kind of thing but um from a like self-harm point of view like the I've had I think I mentioned before about sort of wanting to jump in front of the tube train and when you're standing on the tracks waiting for the train to come in um more and more recently you kind of think like I suppose really because I've been using the train more but you find yourself thinking like that's no real way to go that's gonna really fucking hurt and like, what is the practicalities of that? Like, am I going to get run over by the wheels in between the tracks? Is it going to be the train hitting me? Um, will I, if I do it, am I instantly going to regret it? Which I think I will because I've, I've seen, um, I need to, there's a video I wanted to send you actually. A guy jumped off of the um, Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. Uh, I've watched it. It's yeah, no one, no one survives except for this guy. Yeah. Even the lifeguards pulling him out yeah. was like, we'd never pull anyone out alive. Yeah. And I think the main thread of it is obviously he regretted it straight away. And his mission now is to kind of get in front of people before they want to yeah, do it's stuff a really like that. Good documentary. I haven't Netflix seen it. Yet. I've literally just seen like the really, little, really good. the little bites of it. But 
like that goes through my head and like not being able to see like my kids again and my wife again like makes me really sad and that you know stops me from kind of wanting to what I will say and I've said this to you before medication yeah like I have quite a bit of medication Mm. and um Basically, I've had lots of different meds that kind of help temper the depression. Um, but invariably, like the suicidal thoughts come back because it's pretty much like my go-to. Yeah. And then, um, and then one day they gave me a different drug that I take at night time. And for the first time in my life, for about, I'd say a solid month, Suicide didn't come into my head once. Mm, wow. And I was like saying to my wife, fucking hell. Mm. Look, I foxed this. Can you believe mm. that? Like a drug stopped me thinking about suicide. Yeah. It came back. Um, but I have to say, like, I'm not a suicidal, I'm not like kind of fixated on it like I used to be. I think like what worries me, I've got... <laughs> I, like I was prescribed um, medication, and never actually went through with going to sort of pick it up and taking it. Um, I'm kind of I'm I'm a bit kind of scared of like you know government conspiracies and everything else. You feel straight with this though, Brad? Yeah, I'm not like I'm not like I don't want to come. This is my personal kind of no, circumstance, cool. and I'm, I'm like I. I can see, like, because I'm, you know, reasonably balanced when it comes to seeing both sides from a scientific perspective. Like, you can't argue with the fact that it works because the brain is made up of, you know, chemicals, neurons firing, electrical signals. What puts you off, though? Because I'm interested in this because I think a lot of people be... I think a lot of people are really put off with the idea of taking antidepressants. Yeah. They take medication that stops you... Mm. um, like, well, almost, well, the idea that, that it, it inhibits some control. For me, I'm worried that I will completely love them and never want to stop taking them. They're not, um, they're not strong enough for it to feel like drugs. I'm also worried about what happens if I stop taking them. But why do you... Like my, I suppose for me, I hit a point of such despair mm. that uh, if I didn't, that I would do anything. Because I was like, I can't kill myself because I've got two children mm-hmm. and a wife. Can't kill myself. Got no choice here now. No. And after my daughter was born, and it was a horrendous birth. It really was. It was like, I nearly lost both of them. Wow. It was absolutely fucking horrendous. And, um, like, you know, my wife was having a hard time. I was having a fucking hard time. I was going to pieces. And I was like, I'd taken antidepressants before when I was a lot younger. Um, I didn't feel that they did anything. But in reality, I was self-medicating so much that they wouldn't have worked anyway. Yeah. So I got into a point of such despair that I would do anything that would make 
me better dad, mm-hmm. in essence, so I could be more w- with my children. Uh, and then I got medication, and that's exactly what happened. Mm. I became better. Uh, I could cope with things better. Uh, but I was so desperate that I would have done it anyway. And now, um, my thoughts are, I don't think I'll ever not be on tablets. No. Uh, I can't see a day when I'm not. Mm. Uh, And I'm quite fine with that now. Yeah. But it does fuck you up a bit because it gets you into this mindset of tablets, tablets, tablets. Yeah. It does. Like when my ass is playing up, tablets, tablets, just take tablets. It does do that. I can't deny that. Mm. I think like... I think a lot of my um, camera. Sorry, mate. Camera. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting to turn myself on. A lot of my um, what I feel like a lot of my problems are quite uh, superficial, almost, and could probably be sorted out by circumstances changing or anything else. But I'm aware that's been brought up to me quite recently is I'm very good at blaming external sources for what's happening to me and not taking responsibility from it. So. That's really judgmental though. That's not helpful. No, it isn't. Because uh, you can't, most of the time you can't help circumstance. No. Uh, I feel like I can though. I feel like I, I can. No, no, but some circumstance, the problem is if you can't deal with circumstances, and the circumstances are getting too much, then like that is the perfect candidate for tablets. Because yeah. they make you deal with circumstances better. Yeah. I think something that I have learned recently is there's no, you won't get the opportunity to have a nice, easy sail through life. There's no such thing. What happens is those things happen more and more and more, but you get stronger and stronger as a result of it. And you just learn to be able to deal with those things. But, what medication does is it really helps you to um, deal to deal with those things better. I'm an, I'm a massive advocate for medication, and um, I kind of like the fact that you're kind of not really to be honest. I, like, no, I I'm not. I, no, the, nice. the thing is, like, I wouldn't say no, I. Why not? Yeah, I haven't. I don't think I've given myself enough chance to meditate on it properly. Um, Frank Bruno told me not to take them. That's a good reason. Um, he had like real issues, but then I think like at that level of celebrity, I think he was getting injected with things and being sectioned and stuff like that. And I think it's no sort of um, secret that he's had issues with like mental health and everything else. And now he's like a an advocate for mental health, and he's uh, got the Frank Bruno Foundation, which is kind of amazing. But I was lucky enough to meet him. And um, we had a conversation about it. And some of the sort of horror stories I heard from his point of view kind of scared me. Like it turned him into a zombie and everything else. But I think... I'm not a zombie. No, you're not. I think that's what kind of makes me sad in a way that you're kind of... You're going through all this um, like inner turmoil and everything. Because I think like how how great you are and how lovely you are, um, it just seems... Yeah, it does sort of sadden me to the point that, as we touched on in my last podcast, I kind of want to sort of fix it and and do something about it. But only you can do that, right? 
Yeah. I've kind of come to terms with it all in many ways, though. I've kind of come to terms with it. It's just how it is. And, um, and I... Basically, I just know that um, that when I haven't had medication, um, I I just used to cry all the time. Wow! And I couldn't get on with life. Mm. Couldn't just have a normal life because everything just made me curl up and cry, and I couldn't leave my life. I used to just not go to work and like if I didn't have medication I wouldn't be here I wouldn't be when I say I wouldn't be here now I don't know if I, I doubt if I've kind of finished it but um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be doing I wouldn't have the get up and go to do a podcast wow I wouldn't have on a day to day kind yeah. of like the logistics of it obviously getting together committing yeah. to it Having something to talk about. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been able to do it. I wouldn't have that in me. I wouldn't have been. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to cope with being a dad. I know that. Mm. So medication has really, in many ways, been really good for me. Is there anything you feel like you've missed out on because you haven't gone to do it because you've been in that kind of bad place? Yeah, loads of things. And you regret. Like not being able to go and do those things. I think um, if I one of, one of the things, say for example, uh, say art. When I was at university, um, I I was at university in Kent, and um, like when I before I went. I was seeing a uh, therapist at Basildon Mental Health Hospital uh, like every week, and it was really weird. And that was a bad experience for therapy. And it was really horrible because my dad used to take me every week. And uh, my dad was a bit like, I think my dad just thought I needed to fucking get it together, get on with it. Was he in the room when you had the therapy? No. no. Uh, and it was a really horrible thing because basically the therapist was kind of saying that that um, my like looking back on it now, essentially he was saying that uh, it was something was my dad's fault, I think. And then on my last session, he said, "Do you mind uh, asking your dad to come up?" Wow. And then my dad went up and he came out and he, my dad wasn't fucking impressed at all. And my dad was, he didn't let anything on. But I, I assume the therapist was like, some of this is on you. Mm. Um, So he then arranged for me to see a therapist in Kent, in Canterbury. Your dad or the therapist? No, the therapist did. Because he needed an exit strategy. So and then I went to university in Kent and I was meant to see the therapist, but I never went. Uh, but I was a mess. I was still a fucking mess. How old were you? 
And then I went to university and um, I just drank fucking loads. That was when I started drinking every day. Uh, that was when um, I just smoked loads. Smoked loads of ganja and just got wankered. And I used to get up at lunchtime and I was just fucking next man. And uh, I, I went there thinking, oh, well, I'll start a band and we'll fucking make it. You know, like people do yeah. when they go to fucking art school. Art school, yeah. Yeah. And it didn't happen. And actually, it was, it was, a, it was, I was so unhappy. And, uh, and then I, we, basically, at the end of the year, uh, I had to go we'd have crits and they'd like talk about your work and then they were like well you're you know you're not really achieving so we're going to give you another chance you come back uh sell yourself basically and then we'll we'll decide whether you're staying or not and um and i just kind of remember that like when i went to the interview i was like fucking nails i was really like i know what i'm doing I can talk about my artwork all day. I'm really confident. And then I went back for that final crit and two two of the three of the panel were the people who interviewed me. And um, and I just kind of went in there really broken. I was like, just not fucking feeling it. Wow. I was just kind of honest with them and just went, oh, I don't think it's... Just don't feel inspired. I don't feel any of what I used to feel. And they said to me, um, I said, Oh, I remember interviewing you and you were amazing. Oh, like, really? You were, you had fire in your belly and and they were like, We just thought if anyone's gonna do it, it's you. Yeah. You know, like you're gonna be the person we're proud of. Which was amazing. Um, so that's that instant kind of like ego hit. I right? know, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave." And I went, "Why didn't you say sooner? You should have said that it's not for you, and then we should we could have transferred you somewhere else." And then when we could have transferred you to. Um, St. Martin's, and I was like, St. Martin's was where, like, Damien Hurst, all, like, the, you know, that Brit era of artists? Yeah, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> what? You know, like, you thought I was that good? Really? And, um, but I was a fucking mess. I couldn't have done that. No. Couldn't have done any of it. And uh, and that kind of sums up me when I'm a mess. Can't do any of it. Mm. Can't do it. Can't be a dad. I can't be. Can't be a husband. Mm. You know. And last year when I melted down, I wasn't a dad. I wasn't a husband. I was nothing. I was. I was a fucking mess. Can't do any of it. And um. And that's why I like medication. Because then I'm not that. I'm not. Uh, it staves off that bottom. Mm. 
in fairness, last year when I hit rock bottom, I was on medication. Yeah. But what I should have done is said, "I'm, I'm, I'm failing." Can I review my medication? Yeah, I suppose you've got to have that honest dialogue about what's going on. But then maybe at the time you didn't really know, maybe. But it makes me sad. It it really fucking makes me... It makes me sad that it's like, oh, I need medication. Mm. Because otherwise I can't just... I can't be fucking good or I can't be anything. Like, yeah, that fucks me off. But... Like the alternative is is much worse, really. Yeah. The alternative's loads worse. The alternative is, um, yeah, I'm no good to anyone, and I need I can't be no good to anyone, can I? Because I've got to pay my way and I've got to fucking meet the bills, and I've got to look after my family. So that's a pressure then. Yeah, there there is a pressure there. That's quite bad. <laughs> but that's the way it was. And that's the way it is. You know, it's like, I don't to say it's not like that anymore, but it's like that sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's like that sometimes. Mm. Sometimes I'm just pulling my way through it. That's an hour. Oh, no way. That got really deep, mate, didn't it? You all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. This is just normal shit for me. This is fucking every day. Well, that is the mouth of manliness, that and that is, really is the mouth of manliness. That is, mate. That is an hour, and that is the hour into my fucking miserable fucking brain. Well, thanks for opening up, mate. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, well, that is, yeah. Yeah, I'll see you later. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.